listening to SBS on the Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. It is your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Thursday, the 8th of June, 2023. Later on market day, global interest rates continue to rise. But first to property, where a new report has found that along the east coast of Australia, a quarter of all residential property transactions were funded without a mortgage last year and at a value of $122.5 billion. For more, Raina Bosch spoke with Mike Gill. He's the Head of Research at Property Exchange Australia. So I think your audience will be surprised by how uh, common it is for property to be uh, purchased with cash. So one in four properties uh, in the East Coast were purchased with cash last year. So that means there was no home loan and no mortgage uh, registered with the uh, land registry. So I guess that begs the question, who are these people that are buying properties with cash? Uh, Now, we looked at the areas uh, where we were seeing these cash purchases. And uh, in most states, especially Queensland and New South Wales, we did see that skew towards regional areas. Um, So when we looked at those areas, you see um, areas that have higher uh, median ages Uh, We have less folks who are in the workforce um, and we see predominant household types of couples without children. So the kids have left home. So that really talks to downsizers. It talks to retirees. Uh, They've obviously sold the family home. They might have paid off the loan or um, have a a small balance on there. And they've been able to use those proceeds to then go ahead and purchase a property. So it is your typical green change and sea change that's driving a lot of these cash purchases. Now, Mike, that 25% figure does sound relatively high. Can you just explain how people are actually achieving this? So I think it's intuitive that uh, someone who's had a mortgage for some time might have had paid that down and obviously benefited from rising uh, property prices. So um, that downsizer story uh, is, is quite intuitive from that aspect. But if we flip the coin and we look at younger demographics, so younger buyers who have bought recently, um, obviously they've paid higher prices for properties. Um, they've had to take out larger loans to be able to fund those purchases. So in this environment of rising interest rates, it's that group uh, that is most impacted um, by those uh, interest rate rises. So their already high mortgage um, repayments are going up uh, and they're certainly feeling that pain. Uh, And you contrast that obviously to a retiree who's buying uh, a property cash, um, they're not exposed to rising interest rates at all. Mike, another key finding from your review was that a large percentage of these purchases are actually from international backgrounds. Can you talk us through this? Well, that's right. So there was that theme around downsizers and retirees moving to the country to retire. And that's where the volume came from. So more than 50% of uh, cash purchases fit that profile. But what was really fascinating was when we looked at the areas where there was the most money being spent on cash purchases, so value, that was very much the urban uh, centres. So looking at um, uh, the top postcodes where we saw the most cash purchases. Um, They were Broadbeach in the Gold Coast region and also Surfers Paradise right next to Broadbeach. And between the two postcodes last year, over $2.5 billion was spent on property and purchased with cash. So significant numbers there. We also saw in the southern states, so in Sydney, the top uh, postcodes there uh, were Mosman, um, so an affluent inner area within Sydney with over $700 million worth of cash purchases. 
uh, and Darling Point also featured. Uh, and then we also saw in Melbourne some of those affluent areas, um, Turak and uh, and Brighton appear right at the top of the ranking. So that's really driven by obviously more expensive properties in those areas. But it does tell the story that um, there are a lot of well-heeled buyers who have plenty of cash on hand to be able to purchase um, expensive properties in these areas. Mike, outside of the regions, we've also seen an uptick of purchases in city areas. Can you talk us through who's driving that? We did see uh, a lot of evidence to suggest that was being driven by both local uh, investors, but also overseas investors as well. Um, So we know that a lot of off-the-plan apartments are marketed to investors in those areas uh, and also marketed offshore as well. Um, And we are seeing cash purchases coming through those channels. Um, And again, when you look at the demographics that live in those uh, particular areas uh, in a city, uh, in a city, Sydney, and also Melbourne, um, there's a really diverse um, mix of uh, backgrounds. Um, You know, looking at the ABS census data, there's plenty of folks living there who have parents who were born overseas and a diverse range of backgrounds. So we know that uh, that those areas are very attractive uh, to overseas buyers. Um, and we know that a lot of those properties do ultimately get leased out. Um, uh, there's strong tenancy markets in those areas. So local investors leasing out or potentially overseas investors having family or um, you know, their, their, their kids stay there. And finally, Mike, I know it does take a long time to build up the type of capital that you would need to make a cash purchase. But what else does this tell us about the generational divide between people buying houses? I think this sort of data and research has implications for policymakers. So um, the Reserve Bank is obviously making decisions around rate uh, rises. Um, and, you know, this data really points to the fact that it does, um, you know, really um, impact younger borrowers more than it does potentially older borrowers. Uh, and it gives us a sense of where these uh, these cash purchases are also taking place. But more broadly, um, when we look at industry, it gives industry, uh, you know, lawyers involved in property, real estate agents, a better sense of who's, uh, you know, how properties are funded uh, and, and bought. And I think more broadly from a consumer perspective, it's just really interesting, isn't it, to know that uh, 25% of properties are bought with cash. That is Rainer Bosch speaking with Mike Gill, the Head of Research at Property Exchange Australia. Now, Market Day on the SBS On The Money podcast. Well, the Australian share market did fall today. The S&P ASX 200 down by 0.26%, 7,099. That's amid global rate concerns with tech and real estate stocks performing worse. For the details, I spoke with Henry Jennings, a portfolio manager at Marcus Today. Well, I guess a lot of it uh, is to do with the fallout from that, I guess, surprise interest rate rise that we saw from the RBA on Tuesday. The market actually started off June in quite fine fettle, but uh, since then we've gone back to uh, that uh, fear about further rates and the repercussions, I guess, of further rate increases. And last night we also got the Bank of Canada uh, raising their rates to a 22-year high of 4.75% and saying there is more to come. So that is the danger. The market has taken all of this quite, uh, not hugely bad, but uh, certainly not in a great frame of mind following a few good days as we kicked off June. You mentioned the Bank of Canada overnight. Next week, we've got the US Federal Reserve. What's the market thinking in terms of uh, this move higher with interest rates around the world? And is it changing the way you're investing at all? I don't think it's changing the way we're investing. I think the market's still very cautious. A pause seems to be the, uh, the forecast now, the consensus forecast 
from most of the economists in the US. It is becoming a bit like a triple jump with a hop, skip and a jump, uh, but a pause or even a skip uh, could be the way of things next week. And the Fed could sort of just pause for the summer, wait for some more data to come out. There is some big data due after this meeting. And then, of course, we will be focusing on Jackson Hole, which is a big uh, gab fest in August in um, in the US where central bankers get together. And it was a pivot point last year. It was quite significant last year. So that will become the focus as we head into July in the markets. I saw an interesting note today from the uh, guys over at Fitch this afternoon lowering its outlook for the banking sectors in both Australia and New Zealand to deteriorating from neutral. In Australia, it says net interest margins peaked late last year. What's your take on the banks at the moment, especially as you mentioned the RBA lifted interest rates earlier this week and with the potential for more rate rises to come? Well, I think at the moment the banks are in a sort of a wait-and-see mode. We're certainly... We saw yesterday uh, the Westpac CEO talking about the hardship hotline, uh, certainly getting a lot more calls since uh, since the recent rises that we've seen uh, up till March, he was talking about, and now we're in June. So I'd imagine that's continued. So that's clearly an issue for the banks. Interestingly, today I saw some figures saying that a quarter of the purchases of houses on the East Coast were done with cash, no mortgages at all, which is quite extraordinary when you think about it. Maybe that is downsizing at play. But certainly, you know, the banks are trying to tread a very, very thin line between uh, keeping people in their homes, obviously, uh, those hardships that are around, and also trying to create new business and making money at the same time. So it's not an easy time to be a banker, I don't think, at the moment. And there's certainly some stresses and strains on their, um, their books. Is it an easy time to be an investor? Where are the opportunities at the moment? Well, I think the opportunities are, certainly we've seen the opportunities in AI-related things in the US, although that is starting to fade. Uh, It's also starting to fade a little bit here, not that we have any NVIDIAs or those sorts of stocks. But there are certainly some opportunities here, but I think it's time to be a little bit cautious. And certainly the volumes in the market are showing that there is still caution around. It is a long, it could be a long, hot summer in Europe and in the US. We've seen the bushfires in Canada Uh, But it could be a long, hot summer for them and a long winter for us in terms of uh, just waiting to see what happens as we head into what could be a recession on the horizon. Henry Jennings there from Marcus Today. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. Content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.